Hey Rob, why have we missed two weeks? Um, are we talking about that? I didn't know that you wanted. I, uh, I like, honestly, this is all your personal life. Oh like, yeah. As currently, I am unemployed, so for all of the past two weeks, at almost any hour of the day, I was available to record. But I don't also have anyone's life is not dependent on my existence. That is true. That is true. Well, I was thinking we could. I would use. I would probably use it as a topic because I think it's interesting and uh, you know a life story. It's like I watch a lot of YouTubers, and I've Uh watched a lot of YouTubers for a long time because I'm old now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm as old as you are at the current moment, which is (laughs) a weird age to be because you're just like right on the precipice of 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 a big milestone. Anyway, yeah, (laughs) not getting into that. But, like, whenever they have kids, it's always interesting to see YouTubers who, like, shy away from making their kids part of their public persona and the ones who, yeah. like, like make their kids part of their public persona. And I'm not sure which side you were, uh, you were falling on in this, in this case. I'm kind of more of the uh, former would shy – or not even shy away from it, but just not um... – I wouldn't go out of my way. Like, yeah. I, See, I, I went out of my way to post on our Facebook group, making it look like it was a mutual problem. True. And true. then you posted immediately thereafter, yeah. making it very clear. It was all like, me. I didn't want it to be that way. I, I post. I thought very hard about how to make that post seem yeah. the way I wanted it to seem. And then you were like, making a masturbation <laughs> thing and then jizz. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I pretty much ruined your entire setup for it being ambiguous. Um, but so what I'd say is there's there's probably I keep on going three every time we're talking about something I'm like well there's three levels and I think the first <laughs> level is the people who like actively exploit their children. You know, yeah, like yeah. like they're taking pictures of them and they're like in every shot and and no. No offense, I think she's pretty cool, but, like, Chelsea was like, hey, you should follow Chrissy Teigen on Instagram, and I was like, okay. And then, like, every post, her children are, like, somehow involved, you know? I don't know who that is. She's, like, married to John Legend and was, like, a famous model, or is. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, it's just, like, it seems a little bit more of, not exploitative, but just, like, they're always there. And then there's, like... You know, you want to update people who are interested on milestones and things that happen, and that's kind of the next level. But otherwise, you just do your own thing. You do whatever your thing is. And then the last one is, you know, you never talk about them, never mention them, and actively try to suppress any information about their existence getting out. (laughs) Right? So... Um, I think I'm the middle middle prong, um, and I think that the experience was enough having to do with Chelsea and me that it's it's interesting at least to talk about. Yeah, so, so we're gonna get into that, and I'm sure that most of the people who listen to this podcast that's what they want to hear about because I've been <laughs> reading the Facebook group, and I know that people are, are extremely interested in the relationship <laughs> with Pepper, but I figure. What we'll do is we'll talk about some other shit I briefly, and then we'll spend the last majority of the podcast talking about becoming a father and the issues that arise. Um, the, 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 the first thing that I wanted to say real quick, and this is, 
this might be misogynistic. Okay. Um, is this like no homo? A little bit no homo. It's, it's like a no sexist. A little bit misogynistic. But I, I, it's a conversation I had with some of my other friends the other day that I have to get your your opinion on. Okay. And I, it's okay. been just eating me alive for the past couple of days. Just, I just can't believe one of my friends' opinions. But I want to try to get your opinion first. Okay. And I want you to bring up a web browser real quick. Okay, I'm in a web browser. I want you to bring up a picture of Ed Sheeran. On one side. Uh, okay, any any picture? Just like get a collection of pictures. Get like a okay. view for what he looks like. We're talking okay, about. Yeah. Okay, and then on I another think screen. Know, I think I know what's happening. On okay. another screen, I want you to bring up a picture of Adele. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. Okay, all right, all right. All right, I got you, I got you. Which of these two human beings is a more attractive human? Oh, Adele. A hundred percent, Adele. Are you oh, fucking yeah. kidding me? Like, I might be biased because I'm a straight. Yeah, male, same. I agree. Like, There's bias, like, but I feel like I can appreciate an attractive man when I see one. And Ed Sheeran, well, I don't really like most of his music, but he does have a couple songs that I really like. Yeah. If you haven't heard "Galway Girl," it's an amazing song. I All of the rest of the music, one. I'm not a huge fan of, but that one song I really like. But anyway, beside the point. Uh huh. One of my friends legitimately thinks Ed Sheeran is – this is another straight married person. Okay. Married male thinks that Ed Sheeran is more attractive than Adele. And I was just like – Yeah. I mean, I, Adele I... isn't drop-dead gorgeous, but Ed Sheeran is fucked up looking. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, think that bothers I... me even more about Ed Sheeran is that his music videos, it's always him with some smoking hot chick like that's ever going to happen. <laughs> I haven't seen any, but there's like there are some very famous examples of that, and I can't even think of. There's Seal. something. Was it Seal or I don't even remember? But I was. You're talking about like super unattractive male famous people with super attractive female. No, artists? like a mu- like a music video in the same similar vein, where it's just like this is almost it's not even possible. Yeah, <laughs> just, well. you know. Galway Girl's one of them where, like, Ed Sheeran's running around with a super attractive... Apparently, have you ever seen the movie Lady Bird? I have not. Well, the main actress from Lady Bird but, is the female in uh, Galway Girl. Swarose anyway. Ronan? Yeah, I read her name. Yeah. I had no idea how to say it. But Yeah, yeah I think I, it's Swarose or something like that. Swarose? Yeah, something. Um, yeah, I think... Here's what I'd say. I'd say, looking at him, I can see how some may find him attractive or cute or endearing but i don't think he's like fundamentally attractive especially with his beard he's a little bit better looking with no beard okay i want you to google one more thing his beard looks like mine which means it's it's not a beard right his eyes don't even look in the same direction so google (laughs) one more thing look google sloth okay space goonies Okay, I I know. Oh no, <laughs> kind of Ed Sheeran-y. I'm saying. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I do know who Sloth is in the Goonies, and I'm sure everyone listening probably knows as well. Uh, I I uh, I got you. I see the resemblance. It's uncanny. We're <laughs> <laughs> saying, like, I'm not saying Adele's a ten, but like, she's not an unattractive woman, like. I agree. I, I think she's attractive. Uh, so, I don't know. So. The fact that someone out there 
that I know and otherwise respect, but for this I do not. And and I feel like I have a uh, just like you, I can admit to a an appreciation of being able to tell this is an attractive human being, male or female. And uh, I feel like Ed Sheeran is not quite. I mean, again, I can see how some may find him <laughs> attractive, but I don't. I don't super see it. To each their own. To That's each their my, own. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I guess. I just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Before we started recording, what did I ask you? You asked me about a car? Nope, before that. Oh, now I forget. I don't know. I asked you about how to install the software that we use to record this podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any idea why I might need to know that information? So, do you know what? You're right. I got sidetracked by something else (laughs) we talked about, which might have been the cars, uh, or the job, or or any number of things. But I'm guessing that you uh, left your computer exactly the way it is. And just randomly reformatted it for no reason whatsoever. Mm, close. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to geek out here for a second, it sounds like. Yeah. Rob got a new computer. Um, okay, I don't care about the case. Um, oh, but it's such a cool case. Is it? Okay, send me a – or tell me what it, what's it called. It's called a Cooler Master. Okay, we're off to a good start. Cooler Master makes good cases. Uh, M – uh, I think it's M500M. M500M. Here yep, we go. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is a cool looking case, man. Yeah, dude. It's pretty fucking cool. And, like. You got I them lights? Got them lights. <laughs> got them lights. And they're, like, they, all the pictures show purple. They can be any color you like. Oh, wow. You got the full spectrum there? Full spectrum. <laughs> Um, that's like, a ni- that is a nice looking case. If we're going to nerd out for a second, I'd like to just go ahead and say that, like, I have never had a case help me as much building a computer as this case helps you build a computer. Ooh, interesting. In what regard? So first off, let me say the first thing is that there's a partition. You can see where the light is at the partition mm-hmm. that keeps the power supply 100% separate from the rest of the computer. So all of the heat uh. the power supply generates is separate from the rest of the computer. Interesting. So, That's like, the power cool. supply has its own intake and outtake fans, and it's separated by, a, like, a heat partition between that and the rest of the computer. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the second thing is on – the second thing I want to mention is on the back of the uh, thing where you can't see any of the pictures. Like, so there's, like, the front when you're looking the, through the window, but on the other side there's a plate, and that plate has two – among other things, it's got two little things that you can unscrew and pull back. Uh-huh. And one of them has a circuit board behind it. And that circuit board is where you plug in all of your fans. And then you just plug in all of your fans to that circuit board, and then you plug that circuit board to the uh, to the power supply. Yeah. And that way you don't have to go through – like I don't know if you've ever built – you've built. I'm talking about yeah. to the viewers. If you've ever built a yeah. computer, plugging in all of the fans <laughs> to the motherboard – is a bitch. It's and this, the fucking worst. And this just plugs all of the fans from the entire case into one place. Oh, super nice. easy to access. And then you plug it straight into the power supply. No problem. All that's... of the fans are plugged in. Don't have to find all of, like, they, on the motherboard, they put the fan connections everywhere. In like, four different places. <laughs> yeah. So, avoid 
all of that. Okay. That's nice. There's two of them. So that's one of them. And the other one, I was like, I opened it and there was nothing in it. And I was like, what is this for? Okay. Turns out it perfectly fits the size of an SSD. So it's like a little SSD holder. For those of you who don't know, let's talk about hard drives for a minute. (laughs) For the past however many years, there's been... About 10 years. About 10 years they've existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For about 10 years, there's been two options in hard drives. Yeah. There's been a kind of hard drive where there's like a spinning disk read by a laser that stores information. And that is old technology now. But it's like, uh, if you want a massive amount of space, for they're cheap. still the best option. They yeah. just are slower. And then yep. there's solid state drives, which have no moving parts. So they don't make any of the sounds that you're used to hearing with computers. Because computers, computers make two sounds. Fans and hard drives. <laughs> and so SSDs don't make the hard drive sound. So you can get, if you get all hard so SSD, which said for solid state drive, if you get all of those, the only sound your computer is going to make is the fans. Yeah. But now there's so a third a level. There's a third level of hard drive. Are you familiar with these? The M2s? Yeah, the, the, the M2s uh, or, I thought, the, or the M- NVMEs. N- the yeah, same thing. Same things. M2 is the name of the connection. Yeah. NVME is the name of the storage technology. Uh, no, I think time out. I... We're not timing out. This is going in. No, 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 no. Um... <sighs> Shit. I'd have to look it up. I believe NVMe is the connection. Uh, well, my motherboard instruction call called it M2 all the time. The M2 port. Oh, okay. Maybe, or maybe, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. So M2 and is also is just a smaller. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, continue, Rob. But yeah, they're both the connection. I believe yeah. that NVMe, NVMe, and M2 slots both still are basically taking SSDs. They're just not called SSDs because they're not in those cases anymore. Yeah. So I got one of those. Nice. Those, you know, those are like ten times faster than normal SSDs. Yeah, because they don't have to use a cable. They plug directly into the motherboard. Yeah. yeah. Man, we could get into it for a while about the process of building this thing, but we got other shit to talk about today. But anyway, well, it just just so people know, uh, because I don't think most people know this, the, the if you're trying to build a computer and you want all of your shit to be faster, more than likely the bottleneck for you is your your hard disk. Or your, right. Your disk. Until recently, though, with these new Correct. hard drives, it looks like the new bottleneck is going to be RAM speed. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what's exciting about this type of technology is it used to be, well, you have the super fast CPU or whatever, but if you're reading it from a hard disk, you might as well just go back three generations in CPU because you're not doing You can't even read from it that fast. Before we go any further, I have to make a quick shout out. Uh-huh. Because I did not build this thing myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> I built it myself, but I didn't build it myself. Yeah. From a previous podcast, Mr. Josh uh, was instrumental in the construction, the selection of parts, through the, <laughs> oh my god, I think I fucked everything up, phone call, no, <laughs> calm down, you're okay, here's what you did wrong. What uh, did you I- fuck up, or what did you think you fucked up? No, I did fuck up there. Oh, okay. But what I fucked up, like, it wasn't one thing, though. Like, oh, it was like eight. 
it was like eight, like literally like eight things I fucked up. And like every problem before he even like before I even got really into the details, like he is so amazing at this stuff that I just like every problem I had just like he knew exactly what I had yeah. done wrong and exactly what I needed to do to fix it. And it was just the tech support that everyone wishes they got. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, and anyway, uh, so yeah, I got that's the case. What would what, what you okay? What's the motherboard? Uh, it's the the uh, uh it's Asus, it's oh, ROG. Funny. I was gonna say yeah. what the ROG stood for Republic of Gamers, Republic of Gamers. Yeah, yeah, it's their newest Dude, board. Asus ROGs are the fucking bomb. Mine's an Asus ROG, it's like two years old, but it's still great. My uh, old motherboard was nine. <laughs> Remember with the house we lived on in Cali Circle? That oh, was the same no. motherboard. Yeah, that's old. That's old, buddy. Uh, guess okay, what, what I did with guess, guess what I did with that motherboard? Uh, you threw it away. I put a new SSD in it and gave it to my mom. Oh, and that computer nice. is downstairs running right now. Nice. Nine years old and kicking it. <laughs> that's awesome. I think you'll be happy with the Asus one. I love those. They're and like. They do some of the same cool stuff, like the Asus board that I have, it has like all these pockets in it to help with dust, it has pockets to help with fan flow, and I'm like, what are these for? And it, the little manual is like, well, if you if you have this type of fan, like it has a fan, a little tiny fan on the motherboard that's like always pushing through these little things trying to get dust out. And it will even, it has a mode where every 30 minutes it spins backwards, to just give to like I don't know do something and then spins forwards again. It's that cool. sounds exactly like a water treatment plant, which is where my civil engineering brain went. Where like the filters run forwards twenty three hours and thirty minutes 30, a day. Yeah, thirty minutes every day it runs backwards. Yeah, that's that's kind of what this. Okay, so how about CPU? Is it like an i seven? I seven eighty six eighty seven k eighty seven hundred k eighty seven hundred k. Yeah. So uh, the reason why Josh suggested I get that is there's a rumor with the next generation. See, no one who's listened to this podcast is going to give a shit about this, but I got to tell you. I know, so I know. Um, they can the learn. Next, they can learn. The next generation of i7s is not going to have hyperthreading. I've heard that. And so Josh said, "Get this i7 because it'll be the last i7 that's hyperthreading, and no matter what Intel says, it's important that you have." Yeah, so I don't know. Intel is apparently saying that it's not important that most people don't use it. And so they're well, only going to save the hyper-threading for the i9s. Which is ridiculous. Those are like $1,000, $2,000 processors, right? So he said get this i7 because it'll be the last i7. With It's worth getting this over the new i5 because it'll be the best i7 hyper-threading car, uh, processor you can get. So yeah. I did. I, when, it, when it comes to stuff, when Josh told me to do something, I was like... You know so much more about this world than I do. I will, I will yeah. default to your judgment. So part part of the whole hyper-threading thing, and it's a discussion that's kind of fascinating, but does anyone remember uh, there were a few bugs that people found? Now, hyper-threading isn't exactly one of these bugs, but uh, what were they called? Heartbleed? Not heartbleed, but... Um, can't remember the name of the bugs, but there's this whole thing like, oh, there's a thing and they have to patch the processors. Well, the way it worked, it's actually really cool. <laughs> so one of the things, 
Ah, man. Let me look it up real quick. Intel processor bug. Because this is a fun discussion. We should have... Oh, Meltdown Inspector. So these were two bugs. Very fascinating. Um, and the only programming knowledge that you really have to have at the highest levels is like if statements. And basically for all of the listeners, an if statement is basically you say if some condition, do this. Otherwise, do that. So in the morning, it might be if running late go to work it otherwise get coffee go to work right like so so it's just a logical if if this then that or else that well one of the cool things that a lot of processes do today is they do what's called branch chain optimization or branch uh man i i no one cares uh but uh but I, now I care. So, but anyway, it's like branch optimization or whatever you want to call it, or branch prediction. And what it basically means is that in a lot of programs, what you'll end up finding is that let's say you hit this if statement. So let's say this is an if statement for your morning, and ninety percent of mornings that if statement is false. You're running late, so you need. Well, you're talking about your life, but yeah, yeah, exactly. On. That's what I'm saying. So. But 90% of days, that's false, and you just go to work. And you never, you don't get coffee and then go to work, right? So what the processor starts to do and what programs do, like C++ does this. It's, it's a little bit of both. Processors can help out. But it will compile, and basically it's smart about what it loads into the processor. So C++, when you compile your program, will say based on some heuristic data, I'm pretty sure that we don't need to load the coffee stuff because 90% of the time we don't need it. And it's cheaper to not load it and just have go to work ready. And 90% of the time we'll we'll go faster. That 10% of the time that we did want to go get coffee, it's going to be slow for that 10% of the time or a little bit slower because we, we have to go do that work. But otherwise, not having to load that extra information helped overall. So it's called branch prediction or whatever. Anyway, part of Meltdown Inspector uh, was kind of like it was an exploit where you could kind of trick a CPU into loading different branches. That's like the high level of it. (laughs) And the interesting thing is Intel patched it and that slowed a lot of shit down. And people were kind of upset. Like, is there not a patch that isn't better, blah, blah, blah. And so Intel is starting to say stuff like, I got an idea. How about we just stop giving you this feature? So that way, you won't be upset that we had to patch it when it breaks, and it won't be broken. And everyone else is like, well, we should have both. Like, you should give us the ability, except just don't make it buggy. (laughs) Right? And so um, hyper-threading is kind of in one of those cases where... There's actually not a lot of evidence that it's super, super useful. And there is some evidence that it's more trouble than it's worth. Like the amount of performance gains that you get with hyperthreading are not the amount of patches and other things that you end up having to do when it's broken later. Because there's been a few incidents where hyperthreading has caused issues. Man, that was a long-winded thing, but super fascinating. Can I, can I, can I tell you one more thing? Uh, yeah, like, completely changing the topic. Sorry, that's cool. Uh, that you might be interested in. Going back a step to what we already talked about, me with my old computer. Uh huh. I 
I had to buy a new hard drive because I took the hard drive out of that computer and put them on my my new computer uh-huh. so that I could like not have to reset everything. Uh, and so I put the new hard drive in, and the new hard drive needed new windows. And okay. new and new hard drive also means new drivers. Yeah. And if you don't know what a driver is, a driver is essentially the software that connects the hardware. Ah, um, okay. Uh, I went to install the new motherboard and BIOS drivers. Okay. And apparently, the last time Asus updated, because my old car, my old motherboard was Asus as well. The last yeah. time Asus updated the drivers for that card was for Windows eight point one. That's awesome. So there is no Windows ten update for that card. That's awesome. <laughs> So you get the whole setup where you can see your fans and things like that. Yeah, it looks great. Um, nice. That and then, video, video oh, card. Sorry, go ahead. Video card is a GT uh, a, a, a EVGA 1080 FTW2. So I don't know what FTW2 is, but I was guessing you would get a 1080. Yeah, it's so it's like it's the so they have got the 1080 mm-hmm. and they've got the TI. Yeah. And if you don't know, the 1080 is good. The TI is the best. But the yeah. uh, the 1080 is the FTW1. So oh, there's something between there's like those a... two. Got it. Okay. The FTW2, which essentially the only main difference is the cooling setup. And oh, apparently yeah. the FTW2 has a much better cooling setup. Like fan setup. Okay. Yeah, so that it has a much better overclocking performance. Interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. What about what about RAM? How many gigabytes did you get? I got sixteen. Okay. Cool. Uh, sixteen latency. Nice. So it's like not great latency, but like I mean, you'll survive. I'll survive. <laughs> Very nice. I always love building a new computer. Lots of fun. Uh. Man, I fucked it up real bad in a lot of ways, and I am real glad Josh was there. So what did you, what did you fuck up? How how did this happen? <clears throat> so in the old days, when nine years ago, when you bought a processor, uh-huh. <laughs> it had a default cooler. Okay, that is no longer the case. So, I see what you're saying. You mean it came with a fan? Yeah. But yeah. So now when you buy a processor, it's just the chip. It depends. You can still buy both, but people just don't very often anymore. If you're going to build yourself. But Intel doesn't sell them packaged anymore. Ah, I did not know that. Okay. Um, so, I, so I bought the uh, cooler that Josh suggested. Yeah. Which one? Thermotech. I used to have one that... What? It's like a Thermotech something. Yeah, okay, cool. It's huge. Yeah, they're huge nowadays. They're like fucking turbine engines. Yeah, they're huge. Um, so this was a this single piece was a result of two major fuck ups. Uh-huh. Um, three, three major fuck ups. Man, I fucked up that cooler real bad. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I put the motherboard in, screwed it in, put the chip in bolted it down, you know, the way that the little thing comes down, you know, eh, latch, put the chip yeah. in, and then I installed some other stuff. And then after I installed the RAM, 
I think I only had the RAM in. The motherboard, the chip, and the RAM were the only three things that I had in when I started putting the cooler on. And I realized that the cooler has to have a back plate to it. So you have to get behind the motherboard to put the Uh, back plate on it. Yeah, okay. That's a really big fan then. (laughs) Yeah. Most fans don't require that. Yeah, this one does. (laughs) Uh, um, And so... I, that was the first time I fucked up. Josh, I called Josh, and he was like, just take off the back plate of the cooler, of the case, and you take out the back plate of the case, and on the back plate of the case is, like, the big thing where you hide all your cables, but there's a hole right where oh, yeah. the CPU the is. Oh, yeah. The CPU is, and so you can see the back, so you don't, have to take the, you don't have to take the motherboard off to put the back plate on. Yeah. And then it comes with, <clears throat> the cooler comes with a little tube of white liquid. Yeah. You want to explain to the kids what that like what liquid is? <laughs> it is a uh, highly heat conductive material, and so most people call it—I forget what the word is—but I, I thermal paste. call it yeah thermal paste. Um, and the only reason they do that is because right, like you could just put metal on metal, but there's still like a pocket of air in there that is does not air is not a good heat conductor at all. It's a kind of shitty heat conductor actually so uh what you do is you have a piece of metal from the top of the cpu and then you have the thermal paste and then you have the piece of metal for the heat sink which then go like gets cooled by all the fans and all of that and if you don't have that thermal paste you'll it'll get too hot right because you just can't get enough heat from one piece of metal to the other because despite to our eye how close they look they're not (laughs) How much thermal paste would you say out of that tube I should have put on there? So you want to put just enough so that if it were perfect, when you you'd put in a you'd put an amount down, and when you squeezed it, it would go into a circle where the circle just touched the edges. Nobody can really get that done, so most of the time you end up getting like. A circle where you're a millimeter from each edge or two millimeters from each edge and you're close enough. Josh's suggestion was put down enough thermal paste in the center of the processor so that you have the size of a pea. Yeah. Yeah. And once you smash that down, it's about, you know, you know. Eh. How much do you think I put down? <laughs> the whole tube. The whole tube. <laughs> I'm guessing just a little too much. Yeah, so I put the whole tube down. He goes, oh, no. <laughs> just like that. I was, oh, anyway, no. So he told me to get rubbing alcohol, get it all off, buy uh, new thermal paste. Get a new over. tube. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a smart way to do it. That's a good you, way you to do it. Rubbing alcohol to get it all off. Yeah. You're, yeah. So I did that, put it back on there, <laughs> and then I put it just like – I don't know if I want to give away the thing I fucked up bad, but I put it on there the way that made sense to me, closed it up, got the computer running, uh-huh. and then um, and then I like showed Josh a picture of it. Yeah. And he was like, put the fan in wrong. Oh. <laughs> How did you put the fan in wrong? So apparently what I did is I mounted the thing wrong. So the thing – so the mount – the – the 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 fan only fits on the mount one way, but the mount itself is a square. So the mount can mm. fit on the motherboard 
However, anyway. Yeah. But so the fan on the CPU is an intake fan. It takes air into the coils. Yeah, okay. And so the way you want to orient it is so that there's the case intakes. You want to line it up with the case intakes, and so the back of it is facing the case outtake. Yeah. So the intakes are coming in. It's taking the air from the intakes in through the card, pushing them out the back of the card, and then to the outtakes. Yeah. So the way the case works is it takes air in from the front and pushes air out the back. Okay. I had the card oriented so that the thing, the fan was pointing up. So yeah. that it was pushing okay. air down onto the GPU. Yeah. Probably, again, it's, it's that's one of those things where it's not bad. Your computer will run just fine. It's just not ideal. Right. Um, so I had to take it off. Clean off the G- C- GPU or the CPU again of the thermal paste because I took Ugh. the fan off. Yeah. Put another little glob on there and remount the. I had to change the orientation of the of the, the mount. Yeah, the mount. I have to admit, put it back on. Those are every time I build a computer. That's always the thing that gives me the most pain. Is just the the mounting the CPU fan is just always a problem. God, I, yeah, God, it was such a problem. <laughs> and like the the fan attachment to the coils is so easy and simple. Yeah. Like it's not screwed in or anything. There's just like these two little latches that just go bloop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, it's just getting all the other shit ready and it's you know, it's one of those things where if you do it once every Four years, you kind of forget some of what you learned the last time. But every once every time. nine years, you learn, you forget even more. <laughs> Although I did help Nathan put a computer together between now and then, so I guess yeah, it hasn't been a full nine years. But man, I didn't remember a lot. So yeah. attaching cables to the motherboard, yeah, is the worst part. I think of a build. Okay, you mean like the hard drive cables? Everything that has to be attached to the motherboard. Like okay. the whole process of attaching everything to the motherboard. Yeah. Do you have a particular opinion on what is the worst set of cables to get to the motherboard? The worst set of cables to get to the motherboard. Just to like, the worst cables to like figure out where on the motherboard they go. Oh, um... Not particularly. So, so let me work, let me put it this way: where like SATA is the name of the cable that you connect to a hard drive or disk drive, or yeah. I guess floppies now, if you have a floppy. If you yeah. <laughs> so SATA is the name of that type of cable. Yeah. And on the motherboard is always painfully obvious where all like the SATAs are all together. They're there. Yeah. When you're plugging in the USB connections, you've got a bunch of, like, there's, like, a thing with a bunch of little holes where there's, like, usually a couple gaps in those holes. It's usually pretty easy to see where that goes. Yeah. Would you agree? Yep. When you're connecting all of the various case Oh, parts, I was, oh, the lights and shit? The lights, or, yeah. the power button, the reset the power button, button. Yeah. that is horrible. Sorry. Why is there I, not yeah. a better way to do that? Yeah, those are shitty. Well, hey, do you know what you should do? You should write Cooler Master. But then Cooler Master, it's like the motherboard is set up for cases like that, too. Because, like, the motherboard has all of the proper connections, and it tells you what order to put them in, but they're all so little. But but what I'm saying is you should – you 
Oh, that's true, I guess. And then, like, the reset... For, yeah. This is just to get... So, the so case will have a reset button. There's a, there's a power button and a reset button. Yeah. The reset button cable has, like, two prongs. One uh-huh. of them is a power prong, and one of them is a ground prong. Yeah. And then the case has two reset prongs. Like, three... So, like, the, the they're, like... Uh, from the case, from the case, they're, like, two, like, rectangular squares with a hole in the middle. And then on the motherboard, it's, like, a pin. Yep. And so on, it's got two pins that say reset on them, and one says ground and one says power. But on the case, there's just the, the big the little black thing with the two holes in it that doesn't yeah. tell you which one is which, ground and which one is power. Yeah. Like, what are you even doing? <laughs> yeah. Am I supposed to guess? Uh, I think those – do they matter? I don't know. I, the first way I plugged it in worked, so I may have just gotten lucky. Yeah, I actually think that for simple circuits like that, it shouldn't matter. Um, like for an LED type of setup. I'm not 100% certain, but it may not matter. Um, yeah, I agree. Those are a huge pain, which is why most of my external case stuff doesn't work. Because <laughs> I was like... I, d- I just don't feel like it. I, I don't have the patience. Let me tell you about this real quick, though. <laughs> all of the lights of this case are plugged into that circuit board. Uh-huh. And that circuit board all has one connection to the motherboard. And so if you plug that one thing in, all of the fans and the lights all sync with your motherboard. Yes, all at once. That's cool. That's and the other cool awesome. thing about this case is it has two USB-C connections on it. Really? That's pretty sweet. I would have expected zero. Yeah, it's pretty. Cool. It's pretty tight. That's awesome. So let me ask a quick question, just so I can get an update. Uh, Infinite Jest, how you doing? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> All right, hold on. I don't know the answer, but based on his face. It seems like he's about as far as I am, which is approximately one twentieth through the book. Now I'm further than that. Okay, sweet. That's tight. <laughs> I, I, a, we suggested a book that is $90 on Audible. What? Because really? it's so fucking long. Oh, I haven't bought it on Audible yet. That's on the list. Four hours. Wow. Okay, that is... I need uh, if to get you have reading. A, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you get one credit a month of a free book. Oh, did you use that? Yes, sir. Yeah, because those yes, credits, sir. those credits, if you buy them, cost like eleven dollars. So yeah. that's a that's a well spent credit right there. Ninety dollars for the what Audible book the that we shit. suggested that our fans read. We should do a little bit more research for the next book. <laughs> Second thing is, I am so it's split into seven because it's fifty four hours long. The Audible. Wow. Audible yeah. Book. Okay. And I am almost to part three, which means I'm okay. almost 17 hours into this book. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see. So it doesn't get any uh, more, uh, not better, sorry, but just better in knowing what's going on. No, I have no idea. I've I am read, so lost. I've read some things that I have found interesting. 
Um, but I, I haven't, obviously I'm way nowhere near as yeah. far as you, but it's not as it's, I haven't gotten anything cohesive yet. It's the random thoughts of a acid addled hippie is the best <laughs> way I can describe this book. Cause like every story that seems disconnected with very little like indication between okay also on the audiobook you don't get the footnotes which are apparently very important they tell you where the footnotes are and which footnote it is but i think they expect you to have the book with you to read the footnote yourself but it doesn't tell you what the actual footnotes say so quick question i'm four chapters in and i've only seen one footnote oh they come don't worry okay okay because like well the way they do it in the audio in the audiobook is that they have the narrator and there's a dude Who's a really good narrator, uh-huh. by the way. So, like, the fact that I don't understand anything that's going on is nothing his fault. <laughs> uh, but then, like, when there's a footnote, there's a woman's voice that'll say the number of the footnote. So that you know that oh, that okay. woman's voice means read the footnote now or whatever. But I don't have the book, so I don't know what the footnotes say. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know, Aaron, if I'm going to finish this thing. Like, I just don't. Because, like, cause, like, like, the stories will be some... I can tell there's a moral lesson here about how humans are kind of shitty. Yeah. And, like, he's pointing out in a humorous way this really shitty thing about humans. Yeah. Um, but there's no, like, I, like, there's so many different things happening that don't seem related at all. And, like, one of my favorite movies of all time, and if you haven't seen it, you have to. Oh. It's Pulp Fiction. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels oh, is, like, damn. this British movie. It's one of Jason Statham's early works. And Jason Statham is not a major character in it. He's just in it. Like, it's the only actor in the movie that I actually know. Okay. Um, it's a British movie, a lot of British accents. It's kind of hard to understand. But, like, if you make it to the payoff of that movie, oh, it's such a good payoff. Like, okay. that is such a good movie. And yeah. it kind of reminds me of that a little bit where there's a whole bunch of disconnected stories. Yeah, and that all there will happening be a at payoff. the same time, and, uh, and I'm just I'm 17 hours into a book, and the last two audiobooks I listened to, the longer of the two was 11 hours, and those all had like start, middle, end, and 11 hours, and I am 17 hours into this thing, and I have no fucking clue what's happening. So, like, I have read Spark Notes on what I've already read that tried to connect the stuff. Yeah, and I still like even the Spark Notes are just so disjointed and weird. This is such a weird book, Aaron. I don't know about this. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm, I, I need to start picking it up. So I need to buy it and uh, just read it on... Yeah, basically I think I need to listen to it on Audible as well. Does it... It's really easy to just like not pay attention for a while because you're so lost that your brain wanders naturally. But you have to like, pull yourself back in and like try. Just yeah. try. Does it have whisper sync? Because I want it to connect to the book if I could. Like if I can switch off between one and the other. I don't know. I don't, I've never tried that before. All right. Anyway, I just wanted to see what your uh, thoughts were so far. I don't know how many hours I would be. But yeah, I might as well just buy it for that one. I think you'd one be halfway credit. through. Chapter four, I think, would be like halfway through the first of seven. Yeah. Okay, well, I'd say it's at least it's interesting so far. But there, it's definitely and he basically he invents words. 
he uses vocabulary words that I have literally never seen in my entire life. Well, like, yeah, because the main character is this lexiconal fucking phenom. And yeah. so, like, he gets into, like, that mode. It's like, like, I'm listening to the narrator, and I'm thinking to myself, if I were reading this, I would be even more lost. Because I am, like, like I'm not a great reader as it is. And the <laughs> words that he's using, there's no way I'd be able to look at a page and pick that up. Yeah, so, and that's one of the things that's interesting, I, because I, I don't want to discuss it now, but there's a few things that I've highlighted that were really fucking witty, and what what I think is funny is, like, I'm guessing there's, like, 50,000 witty things in it, and I'm going to pick up five. Right, so, like, <laughs> when I was reading the spark notes of this book, they were talking about, like, how really big fans of this book read it tens of times and never pick up all of the little things, and I'm like... How do you read this thing tens of times? I know. I was like, I- I'll give you one, and I'll be happy with the five things I pick up. Right? Like that's that's gonna be it. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'll go over that one thing that I found once we talk about the book. That I found a few things that were kind of kind of cute, but uh, I, it sounds like I need to catch up, so I might need to suspend the reading of Dune. For a little while and listen to this audiobook. Catch up. I am really far behind in all of my favorite podcasts for this shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, well, maybe we'll have like a rule. Or so what we should also do is just look at, at length. And if we do want to do a book for longer that's longer, we have to agree on it, and it's like ten hours per month or twenty hours per month or something like that, right? So that we're right now. What? I would be done right now. Yeah. But I mean, at least, and then we could even do the review over three months if we wanted to, right? We could yeah, do a yeah. review of I hear part one. But, but so it's not like a 55-hour book in one month, right? Uh, okay. So let's, let's move on then. Um, by the way, shout out to Haley. I think that she would, if she didn't like the whole book, I think she would like the first chapter. Because there's some really witty stuff in it that have to do with, like, grammar and language that I think she would like. You reminded me, because this is something that Haley told me to put on the podcast two weeks ago when we would have been recording. Okay. But she wanted to issue a retraction because she finally got around to listening to her own episode, which, respect, I've never re-listened to one of our episodes. I don't want to hear my voice that much, but you did, so congrats to you. But she wanted to make a quick retraction. Okay. Uh, during that episode, she mentioned another one of our mutual friends, Charlie. Okay. Who didn't send a gift to the wedding. Oh. Charlie has since arrived. Did, no, no, he did. She oh. just wasn't the one that wrote the thank you note for it. Nathan wrote the thank you note for it. So, <laughs> so she just, like... Great say, apologies to Charlie. Charlie, if you're listening, I'm not saying you're not a shitty person. <laughs> but for this case, you're in the clear. <laughs> Um. Um. So let's go back to Monday, August thirteenth. I think both of us, because you're unemployed and I am unemployed, or employed in a uh, randomizing fashion. Uh, both of us kind of blanked on Monday, and we decided to push to Wednesday. 
right? So, uh, and then Wednesday night, Pepper got a fever. And so for all of the people who haven't been parents yet, fun fact, uh, human beings are actually fairly good at regulating their temperatures. Good job, hypothalamus. But infants are not great at it, so they can swing between like 97.5 and 100 and still be cool, still be okay. Now you still want them, you want them to be sitting basically 98 to 99. Maybe you get like a 99.5. And there's been times where I took her temperature and it was 99.5. But they basically say low-grade temperatures, don't worry. But they say if it goes above 100.3, ER, go. That's what they say. So, um, And actually they say call your pediatrician and your pediatrician says go to the ER. So <laughs> unless they're open, which they weren't because it was Wednesday night. So, um, anyway, she, we had been noticing, we had actually went to the doctor a day before, um, because Chelsea is mom of the century and had noticed that Pepper was having a little more discomfort while urinating than normal, which is a hard thing to notice because 94% of the time you do not witness them urinating. Um, but she was just noticing, like, she'd be on the table and she'd be screaming like she was trying to poop. Fun facts, babies poop all the time. Um, and, but would notice that she would pee, which is very common. Babies will, like, push to poop and then, like, be surprised that they're peeing, so they'll calm down for a second. And then when they're done peeing, they'll go back to pushing poops again. But then she wouldn't go back to pushing poop, so it started to seem to Chelsea like she was like had discomfort while urinating. So we took her the day before, actually, and they were like, "She's fine, no temperature." They actually, you know, did a catheter, got her urine, no white blood cells in it, blah blah blah. So looks good is what they said. But they still said we're going to take a culture of it anyway, but go home. So we went home. Next night, it's Wednesday night, or was that Thursday night? Shit, no, that was Wednesday night. Okay, so Wednesday night, she has a temperature. We're like, it's like 8 or 9 p.m. So we're calling the pediatrician and like, yeah, go to the ER. So we go to the ER. And by the time she gets there, it's like 102.4, which is pretty high. That's not great. It's not, uh, so little known fact about fevers. Fevers in and of themselves are not bad. Bad fevers are bad. So there's actually some evidence to suggest that when you have a fever and you take Tylenol, you maybe shouldn't because your body is trying to help itself, right? What you, if you get above like, I think for adults, it's like 104, that's like, okay, now, or it's 106 or something like, I don't know, 104 or something, whatever it is, there's a level at which it's like, no, seriously, it's no longer helping. You're, you're starting to like have damage due to the temperature so most temperatures are not damaged and so they they said okay 102.4 it's a high temperature she's sick with something her body is responding it's not at the level where she has to drop her temperature to not have damage it's just quite high right now so but they gave her so anyway (laughs) here's the here's the fun part when an infant of one month is in the er with the 102.4 fever Nobody fucks around. Nobody. So the doctor was like, okay. So 
for a few reasons. The first reason is she's had no vaccines except for hepatitis B, which they give on day one. The first vaccinations are supposed to be at eight weeks. If you want, you can bump them up to six weeks. But even that doesn't cover some things like measles, mumps, and rubella and some things like that, right? So MMR and things like that are later. But um, one of the things is a possibility of a bacteria that can cause bacterial meningitis, which is really bad, uh, that you get vaccines, can get vaccines for later. So anyway, they're like, we are going to uh, do three things right now. We are going to draw blood and we are going to test it and take a culture of it for uh, an infection. We are going to do a spinal tap and take her spinal fluid. And then we are going to give her a chest x-ray. And so they were, they were like, she doesn't look like she needs a chest x-ray. But if there is something going, if she does have like pneumonia or something, we want to know now. We don't want to know in 10 minutes. Like they were like, we want to know all of the facts right now. So uh, that was intense, right? Uh, It's a little intense watching uh, uh, an infant get an IV. I'm not too, uh, like, it's, to me, it's like, okay, that's fine. This, this is what's going on. This is what ha- is happening. But it is intense, right? Because, uh, anyway, the other nurses at the ER were like, holy shit, nurse who did the IV, how did you do that? <laughs> like, they were literally like, I, so it was pretty impressive that he did it and he did it on the first try. Uh, and then the doctor came in with this whole kit to do a spinal tap. And if you don't know, a spinal tap is basically a test for meningitis. All up and down your spine, up to your, like, uh, you know, and your brain, there's spinal fluid, which is like a clearish fluid that engulfs your, uh, you know, your spinal column and things like that. And when you get something like meningitis or some type of infection that's in your brain, it will be in your spinal fluid. So it's kind of weird because it's like an IV, but for your spine. And so they have to poke it and then put a tube in and then let the spinal fluid drain out. Um, So anyway, spinal fluid and chest x-ray were looking good. And then we got the, they got the blood results back. And so they do two things. First, they do all of the tests that they can do within like 15 minutes. White blood cell count, red blood cell count, platelets, some proteins, other shit like that. But then they also culture it. So they put it in a bottle with agar, like a, you know, a thing that bacteria grows well in, and they send that off. That takes a long time to grow the bacteria, if there is bacteria. So both the spinal fluid and the blood, blood were sent for culturing as well. And then the blood came back, and he was like, okay, look, by this point, she had already gotten... So here's the other thing. As soon as they finished those three things... They, had, they gave her an antibiotic injection. They were like, don't know what's going on, but this is what we were doing now. And what's cool is that every step of the way, they told us, like, basically, this is every year the standards change. And every year we do more and more and better and better. And we actually find out that, you know, in 86% of the cases, it's a bacterial infection. And in 70% of the cases starting antibiotics three hours earlier has this effect or whatever. So they gave her an injection of an antibiotic called ceftriaxone, uh, which is a like very good acting and 
whatever antibiotics. So they gave her that and they gave her Tylenol. So she was actually pretty calm. Got the chest x-ray, chest x-ray was fine. But then she was calm and we were just chilling. So the doctor came back and was like, okay, her fever's kind of down. Her chest x-ray looks good. Her spinal fluid looks pretty good so far. Her blood looks good, except for the fact that she had a, a small uh, condition known as neutropenia, which anyone could have at any time, which is a low white blood cell count. So you're supposed to have like 4,500 to 15,000 or something like that. And she had 4,100. And he was like, you know, that's not that bad. Um, but, again, he's like, at this point, I've done all of the parts of the, like, infant procedure that I know. So I called the pediatricians at the actual hospital with a pediatric unit and asked them, what do they think about the, this blood sample? And he said, the pediatricians there really think that, you know, she's probably okay, but to be safe... You know, this is sometimes an a, a, is sometimes an indication of a viral infection or a really bad bacterial infection. So we're gonna re- transfer you to that hospital in Seattle. So we pack her up. She's still got the IV in her, but we pack her up, drive her over there. So they're pretty. It's like three a.m. now. <laughs> so and we're exhausted. Chelsea's more exhausted. Um, and so we get there and. The doctor's really cool. Uh, she's like, you know, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're waiting on. Here's what we're going to do until then. She's like, at this point, we think that because you saw some urinary discomfort and because she is now definitely has some type of infection, that it's probably not viral. She probably has a, a urinary tract infection. So anyway, I'll try to shorten it. If, if anybody wants, I've got notes. Like I took notes every day of everything that doctors said, and I would send those notes out to people who are interested in things like that. But um, turns out the next day, and it was pretty upsetting because it is it can be life-threatening. She, she had a – they think she had a UTI, um, and it, it ended up getting into her blood, which is called sepsis. And if you've ever heard of sepsis, it's like, holy shit, that's bad. They they keep on trying. To, it's really weird because the doctors they're like it's kind of hard to describe sepsis to people because on the one hand it's like in the wild if you get a UTI you're gonna be fine probably in the wild if you get sepsis fifty fifty right like fifty fifty you die they're like in the hospital with people working on antibiotics and giving you fluid and things like that it's like ninety seven percent. And then they're like, in the hospital where, how early you caught it, it's like 99%, right? And they're like, there's no indication that it's a really bad type of, like a meningococcal type of bacterial or something, bacteria or something like that. So they're basically like, look, bad, but she's okay. And one of the cool things is they, they kept on being like, look, we're going to come in here and we're going to give you all this information. We're going to tell you that she's anemic right now. And then we're going to have to describe to you that she's anemic because one, she's a month old and one month olds have the lowest blood, red blood cell count of all human beings. <laughs> and two, she's sick, <laughs> right? And so these two things are going to compound, compound and she's going to have a lower red blood cell count, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to tell you all these things about how we're changing antibiotics and all these things that we're doing. But I want you every time we tell you that to look at her and notice that, like, she's okay. Like, she's if you, she's sleeping. 
She might be grunting a little bit, but she just pooped. She just peed. Like, and so they kept on being like, you know, kind of put it in perspective. She is sick. She does need to be here. We have protocols that we have to follow in this case. But at no point was she ever in a place where she didn't look good, right? The worst she probably felt was that first night when she had a high temperature. After that, she was sleeping more and wasn't as hungry for about a day. But otherwise, she was perfectly fine. It wasn't like she was breathing crazy or throwing up all the time or anything like that. Like, she was pretty good. So anyway, later that day, they tell us, okay, the culture, you know, so at that point... They just knew the blood culture has bacteria in it. That's all they knew. And so they're like, they're going to do another dose of ceftriaxone, the same antibiotic. It's Again, it's a pretty good antibiotic. But then about 12 hours later, they're like, okay, we know for a fact that it's an E. coli, which they were like 86 or something percent of UTIs are caused by E. coli because everyone has E. coli in their colon, um, different strains of it or whatever. But then they said, but... We are now certain that this strain is actually resistant to the antibiotic we've been giving her. And they were like, normally that's not great, but again, she looks fine. So she's probably fighting it off herself fairly well right now. But again, because of protocols, we're going to switch her to an antibiotic that we know works. So they're like, we still don't know the exact strain, but we know that it's a close cousin to this other strain that we know this antibiotic works on. So we're switching her to that. That one has some pretty bad side effects if you use it for a long time. Um, So they're like, so what we're going to do, this is, it's the coolest thing. Like, I didn't know that they did this. They then take the bacteria out of that and they regrow it in like, 50 different dishes or 10 or 15 or whatever it is that are agar mixed with different antibiotics. So they're like, not only are we going to find out it's like DNA versus strains that we know of, we are going to literally put it in agar dishes with different antibiotics so that we can know which ones it's most susceptible to. So then she was on a different that different antibiotic for the next day. It's called gentamicin. And then the next day they said, okay, now that we've done all that, we know every single antibiotic that this strain is susceptible to. We're going to give her the least um, side effect antibiotic for the strain that she has. They were like, again, she looks great. It's possible she doesn't need it. But the accepted... All of the accepted medical literature is that if you come in as an infant with sepsis, you have seven days of intravenous antibiotics. Um, and so they were like, at this point, and that was probably Monday, I think. They thought they were going to have to keep her till Saturday, but she just looked so good and she had been doing so well for so long. They were like, you know. We could probably let her go on Thursday as long as nothing changes. So they took another blood culture. It was clear. She was okay. Um, so at that point, she had gotten the IV out. She had, had to, she had to get a new IV, which was kind of a pain because their veins lose the IVs pretty easily. And so she had one in one arm and then one in the other arm. And then, um, you know, had to do another blood culture and all of that. But her white blood cell count had gone way up to 10,000, which was really good. And she had already started coming out of the anemia. So her red blood cell count was coming up and all of that. Um, Yeah, so she she ended up, then she switched on Thursday from 
the IV antibiotics to a oral antibiotic called sulfamethoxazole and then uh, probiotics so that she could kind of get some of her, you know, natural normal bacteria. natural bacteria back in her gut. So needless to say, uh, that ended up being Thursday through Thursday, which basically covered the amount of times that we were going to do both of those recordings. And Chelsea and I were trying to do a pretty good job of switching off. So um, Chelsea would would leave around 8 p.m. and come back around 4.35 a.m. And then I would leave around 5 a.m. and come back around 1 or 2. And we kind of were just doing that every day. So we were just, you know, on a weird schedule (laughs) and stuff. So thankfully she's... She's super healthy. Uh, they were like, "Look, this happens sometimes." She does. This is the fun fact. So this is this is the fun part. She <laughs> interestingly, part. Uh, about five percent of women, although most of them don't know this, have what's called a duplicate kidney or a duplicate ureter, which is that your kidney grows a little bit extra kidney on it, and then another ureter grows as well. So she actually has. Uh, two kidneys but three ureters so she's got one of her kidneys has two tubes draining from the kidney to the bladder and so they were like that can cause problems like this it makes utis a little bit worse in infants who one don't have a strong immune system and two don't have long urethras or ureters and so they were basically they did some other tests on her to see how bad it was and such and such and they're basically like it's it's not bad enough where it's going to cause her problems. They think she'll just grow out of it, but she'll have a few more tests down the line just to see if that gets any worse. But that's a completely congenital benign condition that will probably not have any future impact on her. So and then today she got her vaccines, so or her first set which, fun fact, not, sorry, not fun fact, um, public service announcement. I'm never going to run for public office, but if I do run for public office, there's going to be some type of deportation into the middle of the Pacific Ocean for the people who don't vaccinate their children because they're idiots. Um, because I have to say, a year ago, it was like, those people are idiots. Now it's like, those people are idiots and they are endangering my child. <laughs> because you, the first measles, mumps, rubella vaccine is not until 12 months. And so that means that your child is susceptible to like life-threatening measles, mumps, and rubella for 12 months. Uh, while there are other fuckers just running around without their goddamn vaccines <laughs> who could possibly get measles and then infect your child. And so vaccines are not just about you people. They are about society and the impact of infectious diseases on that society. So vaccinate your children, you dumb motherfuckers. I mean, I'm really sorry that happened. That sounds real shitty and scary. It was scary. Like, I'm, it was it's scary. not like the doctors are trying to make you assured that it wasn't scary but i'm sure that you weren't sitting there feeling not scared the whole time yeah it's it's one of those things where at first it's really really scary and then every day you know seeing her that like okay 
She hasn't gotten any worse today for the first two days. And then by the third day, she started to look like she was getting better. It was like, okay, this was scary, not fun, you know, but she's going to be okay. We just have to kind of, we just have to get through it. But yeah, it's definitely scary at first. And it was one of those things where you're like, uh, okay, so when we get home, we'll have to buy a bubble. And, uh, <laughs> and you will live in this for the next 16 years. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, and you have to kind of coach yourself uh, into saying, okay, wait, you know, look, we got to go home and live a normal life. And even all the doctors said that, like, there's nothing wrong with her. She's fine. You just got to go home and, you know, do the best for her just like you were always going to do, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's good to record again though, because like I didn't know any of that. Yeah, like, the information you gave me before that made it sound like oh, it's fine. I mean, just... by the time I knew, it was fine, right? It was just, <laughs> but it was still hectic. That's why. <laughs> That's why it was like, look, she's okay right now. She's gonna be okay, but I still can't record, right? Like I still am tied up. I think you know. So, <laughs> ah, man, life comes at you. Doesn't even stop. No, nope. not even for a goddamn minute. Nope. Just need to take a dump. Will you let me have one life? Nope. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was uh, the week's podcast. I think it was particularly interesting for me. It um, was. It was. I look forward to the comments on um Facebook. Same Facebook page. Um, we did have a request for a particular conversation from our good friend Brent, and I did read into it, Brent. Wanted to let you know, but I want everyone to know that Brent is probably going to be on the podcast very soon, and I have I couldn't see any particular reason why we wouldn't have that conversation together. I agree. So I researched it, and I kind of have an idea why you want us to talk about it, but I don't want to get into it without you voicing it yourself. So you're just going to have to get your shit together, Brent, uh, and get on here with us. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, I was going to say the same thing. Any personal comments uh, that you don't want to be public, email us. Still got nothing at gmail.com. Um, you can post on the Reddit. I might see it. Who knows? Yeah. Twitter, maybe see it. Don't really know. <laughs> but Facebook, one of us will see it. Uh, you got anything else? I got nothing.